Hi everyone, it's Ayola Sunday here. And we're here again to talk about the truth about success. And this is going to be the last series we're doing at the end of this year. And I just want to say that we've got an exciting guest for you today. And it, it goes with the season. It, it's, it's my pastor. And Martin is the head leader, one of the leaders at the Rice Book Church. They have several locations as well. He, they do a lot of charity work and they work with the government. I mean, there's so many things, but I thought, wouldn't it be great for us to get a perspective about success from, from this angle, from, from someone who's from the church? And it's important that we get that balance so we, we understand that. Martin is married to Bev, they have two kids. And so I'm gonna bring Martin on. Martin, welcome to The Truth About Success. Hi there, Ayo. Uh, great to be here. Thank you for yeah, having great, me. Great. And I remember we having, uh, where was it? It was Stafford in, in, in the park and we had a, a tea and we were having a conversation and I thought, wouldn't it be great and uh, to have this interview with you? Because we talked about so many things. So thank you for being, being here today. And we just wanted to understand. So as the senior leader at the Risenbrook Church, was that always your calling? Um, that's a good question. Yes and no. I, it's funny because I was actually, this church that I'm in now, I was brought up in as a kid. So um, I knew all the people and there was something happened when I was a child and even as a teenager where I thought, you know what, I want to do something spiritual. I found faith. I wanted to explore it, pursue it. So in some ways, it's like a destiny thing. In other ways, as I was growing up in the church, I thought, oh, this is so boring. I really hate it here. And I, I moved to London. I, just, I had to get away from Stafford, the town where I'm living now, because I thought it's such a dull town. Um, I moved away to London, was a student, and actually I pursued theatre. But I still had a, um, I wanted to make a spiritual impact. So that was always been with me. I wanted to make, you know, somehow bring, bring something of what I see of the, the goodness of God into people's lives, into their experiences, where they're living, what they're doing. Um, I ended up thinking, well, actually doing it through a church is not a bad thing because you get all kinds of people, um, different stages of life. You're able to journey with them, whether it's in business or at home or at college or whatever it is. And actually I can do it there. So we're, so strange thing is it's kind of gone full circle. I end up back in the same town at that church, still got that sense of um, mission, and I'm putting it into practice in church. So it's a, yeah, was it a calling? I didn't think it was, but I ended up there. And you've been with uh, Risenbrook now quite a few years, haven't you? Yeah, 23 years, actually. Yeah, yeah, long yeah. time. And it's funny, we met... Uh, with somebody who introduced me to you and I did a Salamaster presentation to you and uh, we didn't know the years on I'd end up moving into the neighborhood and coming to the church so, that's right so yeah I mean that was, was like, a long time ago that was like that was probably 17 years ago or something really know, long time it was, ago. yeah it was yeah what a small world what a small yeah. world so tell us tell us a little bit about your childhood well like I said, I was brought up in Stafford, a very secure home. I was mum, dad, brother, sister, um, very secure. I think my mum, her her upbringing had been a bit bohemian, a bit insecure. 
So she wanted, she was a quite risk averse, I think. So it was, um, she was a teacher. My dad was a, an engineer. He kind of invented, designed a whole load of systems to enable huge amounts of power to be transmitted over long distances and without blowing up cities and towns and stuff. Um, but in the home, it was quite calm. Uh, probably not enough risk for me. We never went, you know, we never went scuba diving as a family or skiing or anything like that. It was all, I think that was probably because my mum wanted to keep things, you know, relatively quiet. So I ended up thinking, I just want to, I need to break out of here. I, I love my family. But that was why I said I, I went to London um, and I got involved in theatre. So, yeah, for me, childhood, I, I enjoyed it, actually. Uh, and it's a very beautiful place that I live. But I probably, there was something in me, some itch in me that grew as I grew, going, ah, I want a bit more than just what I've got here in my family. I want to find some more things, taste some more things. So, um, yeah, that was it. And, you know, our topic, thanks for sharing that. Our topic today is about the truth about success. And I think one of the truths is about finding your calling in, in, in life. And you've obviously found yours. Um, what, what's, what would be the, your, what's, your expect, what's your perspective on success, on being successful? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think it's, something about finding a pursuing a vision that that step that is based in your values who you are what you value what you're about when you pursue a vision that is con connected and express expresses your values then i think you're going to be successful you are you are just going to be successful but you have to have that you have to see it and you have to also know your values. You have to know them and be able to articulate them and stick with them. I think if you've got those two things, it's like values underneath and vision, sight, kind of above. If you bring those things together, I think you'd be successful. And um, I think um, there's a, I, I met someone years ago. This was when I was in London. We'd start a little church. There were a load of kids in this church, teenagers, students. And one of, the, one of the students was called Andy. He was about 20, 21. He got cancer. He was understandably very angry. He had just finished university. He, he wanted to make, you know, make a success of his life. He was very angry. And uh, so I kind of brought him into the church. We looked after him. He got iller and iller, actually, even though we wanted him to get better. Strange thing happened in him is that as he got iller, he got, he got through his anger and he, he had faith, he had Christian faith, or he found Christian faith in it. And something happened in him where I realized he's lying on his bed in this hospital, can't do much, he can't achieve much. But it's like he found, he, he had real success, he, he'd found it. And it was, it, it, it was basically, he was very at peace. He didn't want to die, but he knew that he was going to die. I used to bring other teenagers to him and they would just be amazed by him. They would be kind of in his presence. They'd be going, what's going on here? This is like really special. 
So I, I realized that even though he wasn't going to achieve all the things that he had wanted to as a kid, he died. He, he, he died, you know, about six months later. He lived incredibly successfully in those last few weeks and months. I thought, gosh, what's that then? Well, I think it's because he, f he found some values which were life is worth living and I'm going to really live it even to the end. He had a vision, I think, that um, this is not the end. I've got something more to it, but I've also got people around me and I'm going to live for the people around me, my friends and whatever. I'm going to make the most of this. And it's like, my goodness, this guy was really successful, even though it wasn't it wasn't to do with what he'd achieved and he hadn't he hadn't earned anything. But you know what? He 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 found it. He pursued it with every fiber of his being. He gave everything to this just to living really well in those last few months. And I thought, gosh, he's really got it. So I think although although we often see the the fruit of success might be some achievements or it might be some wealth or it might be you know the, the things that you've made and created and they're they're great fruit visible fruit um i actually think it's to do with pursuing a vision that is based on values and then you you, you basically let everything else run accordingly and it it's it usually makes a massive impact even if you're like dying on a hospital bed you make a massive impact. Wow, that is so, so special. And I love your definition of pursuing a vision that expresses your values. That's what success is about. Because, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is, is so many of, so much success is attributed to material things and, and the big house and the cars and all that. And people don't see the other side of success, which I see in so many areas. And we were talking about, because it's, I mean, that's an example of success. You were just, just, just explaining, and you can be successful in so many ways, isn't it, Martin? I mean, outside of those material things. That's right. There's, there's, there's other successes, that relational success, really, is um, we all, <laughs> We all really want to be have relational success, don't we? Whether it's with a partner or with a child or with a parent or a friend, you just, um, you know, you. But the, I think the way to relational success is not that different from the way to, um, you know, wealth creation. Uh, it's actually, you know, you, you're going, okay, how do I invest myself with integrity in such a way that I'm available, my heart is open. Um, I'm being true to what I believe. I'm connecting with the, the beliefs or the values of someone else. It might that and that might be your that might be your donor base. That might be your clients. It might be boyfriend. It might be your father. Um, you, you connect and success relationally. It's just extraordinary, isn't it? When you when you have a great conversation with a friend. And you come away from it, you go, that was a lovely evening. Really enjoyed that. It's like, you know, your soul gets filled, doesn't it? Like your soul gets filled when, um, you know, at work and, and, and you, you make the deal or you, you've been working on a project and it finally comes off and you go, oh, what is this feeling I've got deep inside? I think you can get that through making a nice meal, 
having a great conversation, uh, making love to your partner, uh, at work, in the garden. There's all kinds of ways. And, it, and it's all pretty, I think the root of it is all pretty similar, actually. It is. And, it, it, and that's why we have, again, I, I really, I know I'm repeating myself here because I've tried to explain to so many people that success is not just one big boom, I've got this. It's, it's thousands and thousands of little successes in so many areas that mm. you just draw strength from. Yep. and just moves you on to the next on to next level so a question as we as we look at um i'm a christian and i know i i, I love christians and they have this conflict between uh, being successful and wealthy and their religion what advice would you give them in terms of yeah no, that's, that's a that's really yeah it's a really good point actually I think I think there doesn't there doesn't have to there there are some conflict points. I don't think there has to be. I'd, I'd say the my understanding of who God is is that He made everything. He made everything, and He He made us so that we could enjoy everything. So therefore, um, there isn't a conflict between faith, spirituality, and what I do, uh, my work. There isn't a conflict between faith, spirituality, and uh, the money that I earn or what I uh, spend it on or how I use my time. Actually, um, I would say that there's, there's, there is a, a sort of fitting together of spiritual, physical, psychological, mental. And, and Jesus talked about the phrase Jesus used when he was talking. He said he talked about the kingdom of God. And that is like a... That's like where God is ruling, his rule is around. And God's rule, you read about in the Bible, is about justice, it's about kindness, um, it's about creativity, it's about cultivating people, and uh, it's about cultivating the earth, it's about working with your hands, it's about organizing, it's about cataloging. It's all the stuff, actually, that humans love doing. The kingdom of heaven is how to do that where you the end result is shalom which is a hebrew word it's a lovely word actually and it means health it means wholeness it means prosperity it means healing it's kind of all the stuff actually that we work for interestingly and that is the kingdom of heaven so if you've got a jesus view i reckon you can you can have a view where you bring in your work you bring in your wealth you bring in your relationships and there is a kind of integrity to it all. Now, I know that if you, if you end up just putting one thing, if you only pursue one of these things, it kind of can distort it. And you end up being, you could end up being very, very rich, but very unhappy. Or you could end up being very hardworking and like, oh, where's the achievement? I've worked all this life, you know, all my life for this, and I've got nothing for it. Or you could end up giving to people and sensitive to people, and at their beck and call, and you you don't actually feel loved. So you probably have to kind of, I, I'd say, a healthy spirituality is going right. All this has been given to me. God has given me all this stuff. He wants me to enjoy all this stuff on the earth, uh, mental, physical, emotional. Actually, if I can just find a sweet spot where I know who I am, I'm humble, I'm thankful, I've got, for me, I've got an eye on 
God and I'm wanting to honour him, I'm wanting to act justly, uh, with kindness, with truth. And actually, I, I think the kingdom of heaven is about living well on the earth and finding shalom. And therefore, we should be able to bring all these things together. I love the way you explain that and, and, and you, you expressed it because it's, it's, it is really, and you've, I think you narrowed it down to being humble. I think it allows you to be humble and the way you approach life. If you wake up every morning humble, you're going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. If you wake yeah. up big-headed and cocky and all that stuff, then, you know, it could be a good day, it could be a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I think you're right. I think I wonder. I think you're absolutely right. If you wake up and you just decide today, I'm going to be humble. I reckon you will be successful. You will inevitably be successful because you're going to come in. You're going to go right. How can I serve? What can I do to improve something somewhere? Well, you're going to do it because your heart is in absolutely the right place. You're going to see it. And then because you want to do that, you're going to make it happen. I, I, it's, a great, it's a great phrase when you said just waking up. If you wake up in the morning and you decide to be humble, I, I think that's a, just a brilliant, brilliant key to this. You will inevitably find some success, even in the first hour of the day, actually. The first hour, you'll find it. And then you know, Io, what success does for you, what it does for your psyche. It's just like, it's like a... It's like an adrenaline shot, isn't it? When you know you've just, you know there's a kind of success that is blossoming in you. And let's say you've just been successful because of a phone call you made or a text you made or some response you gave. It's like, right, right, now I can face the day. That's a, that was a good start to the day. I, there's some challenges coming my way. I'm a bit unsure about that, but you know what? I've just had the right attitude in that first 60 minutes so I can go into that challenge feeling you know with my head held high feeling a bit more confident yeah and you know one of my philosophies in life is life is about evolving to be the best you you can be and 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 we're all born successful but you've got a responsibility to realize your own success your own passions your your your, your own beliefs how, what, what how would you comment to that yeah i think um it's about knowing yourself. I think when we get into the trap of comparing, we might go, I'm not successful because I'm not like that person. Well, actually, you're not like that person. You'll never be like, you'll never, you know, it's like a, a, an apple tree being miserable. They're not an orange tree. Well, it's, there's no point in that, is there's no point. I, I'm an apple tree. I'll never make oranges. But you know what? If I am just, if I am me and if I'm healthy as a tree, I will be fruitful. If I've got the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of water, the right soil, I can't stop myself making apples. I'll be fruitful. So I think it's probably, um, yeah, it's kind of knowing who am I? What am I about? How, how do I tick? Uh, where do I get fed? Where's the right refreshing, the water? What's the, you know, if we use those metaphors, sunlight, earth, water what does that look like for me where am i rooted who have i got around me where do i get my well, the sunlight i guess the power from um if i'm healthy in that kind of way i will be fruitful 
because I think that's just how we've been designed as human beings. I think you, you, you get rooted, get healthy, get fed, then you'll be fruitful. And so you probably need to know who you are, what your brand is, what your DNA is, and where you're positioned. And maybe you might need to change some positioning or go, gosh, I need, I need to be fed a bit more, right? I need to be refreshed a bit more. I need to be in the right place. I'm not quite in the right place, therefore I'm not quite being fruitful. I know who I am and therefore I've, I've got to make a move. So yeah, I think you're right. You need to know who you are, don't you? Um, I do, and I, I love that analogy of the, you're an apple tree, you're not an orange tree. So you can be envious of the, of, of the person because yeah. you're not an orange tree. Whether you like it or not, you've been formed, you've got a unique DNA, that's who you are. Mm. You've just got to evolve. Yeah. There. But so when you think about this, uh, you have people, though, that compare themselves. And we live in a world where I'm not good enough and I haven't got this and I wish I'd done that. And what, what advice would you give to people who have yeah. those sort of thoughts running around? Yeah, in their mind? you know what? Well, I'm, I'm one of those. I go, gosh, you know, the number of regrets, you know, when I'm. I go, oh, if only I'd done that, or if, I, if only I'd made that choice back then, or why did I miss that? And I've realized, this is like speaking for myself, but then I talk to others, I realize they're the same. Living in regret and disappointment just is so crippling. It cripples me. Um, I, I regret, and I, I've got every reason to regret. I go, oh, yeah, you didn't do this, Martin. I must, I'm right, you know, so it's in a sense I'm not, I'm right to have a regret, but then to live in it and to let it dictate my mood and who I am, to let it shape me, to let disappointment shape me. Or even unforgiveness, you know, that someone did this to me and, and you know, I can't get over it, I'm so annoyed at them. It just, it just traps us. I realize that regret, disappointment, uh, living in grief, living in unforgiveness, those things, they, they're like prisons. And um, I, I guess that's why I've pursued what I've pursued in terms of spirituality, because I think I've found, I've realized there's a way out of those prisons so that I'm not going to get confined by them anymore. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to speak negatively to my spirit. I'm not going to let negativity rule. Um, I want life to rule. And there's this lovely line, actually, it's about Jesus in the Bible. And uh, it, uh, he, he says, I came to bring life and life to the full. I really like that. It's like, okay, yeah. It's not just, I'm going to kind of go through the motions, like fullness of life, which means I'm not going to be trapped by these things. So therefore, yeah, I sit in myself, I sit in other people. Um, and, and we... You've got to deal with it, just got to be honest with yourself and start be able to speak to your soul uh, when your soul is miserable or when you're angry and be able to speak and communicate to yourself deep in the inner person and say, come on, soul, you've got to stop that. And if you need some help, then maybe that's the time when you cry out to, I'd say cry out to God, but you could, you could cry out to other people as well around you, go, I need some help here, I'm in the doldrums. Help me speak to my soul to get me out of this so I can then be that person that I'm meant to be. 
and, and I, again, lovely words. I'm one of these people that I think that the, what I found is that when you, when you lack that inner peace, it's hard to go and be successful because you just question yourself and everything. And if you bring all the failures from the past into today, again, it's hard to go forward and you've got to learn to let go. And that's where your faith comes in. Yeah. And I love the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I have that as a little card I make. I give right. it out. I have it everywhere. And I just remind yeah. myself because if you've made a mistake, you can't change it. You, you know, you, you, you can regret it, but you can't change it. You've got to learn to make peace. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give somebody to just say, how, how do they make peace? Whether you're religious or not religious. I know obviously we've got faith. What, what mm -hmm. sort of advice would you say? How do you make peace with your past so you can be whole in the present and go forward? Yeah, I think that's good. It's good stuff. And that prayer is a just, I think things like getting some words, like the prayer that you just quoted, finding some words that you go, yeah, you know what, I can, those words really express something in me, and then speaking them out. There's something very powerful about articulating. Um, and one of our problems is when we're, when we're confined and we don't have peace and it's all boiling away inside us, um, we don't express stuff. We don't express our pain. We don't express our sorrow. Uh, and I'd say uh, to find peace, you just have to go, you just have to acknowledge it. It's like saying, you know what? I'm, I'm really angry with myself or I'm, I'm regretting stuff or I'm, I'm really trapped. You have to say it, you have to admit it. You, you confess it, you just bring it out into the open because it sits there in the darkness and you don't really say much about it, but it just sits there. Best thing to do is just to bring it in the light and go, you know what? I am really bitter or I am really frustrated with myself or I don't like myself. You say it and then you can do something about it because you've just shone a light on it. You've just actually identified an issue that you Perhaps it's shame that means we don't like to say these things. Anyway, you bring it into the light, however shameful it feels, and you go, this is where I've been. This is what I've been like. I wish I'd done things differently. Once it's in the light, you can deal with it. When it's in the dark, it's got a power over you. When it's in the light, you can see it for what it is. Quite often, you can go, you know what? It's not that bad. I just said it. I've just said my fear. Ah, it's not... It's not as bad as I thought it was, actually. It no longer has that hold on me. And so I would say, whether you're religious or not, shine a light on stuff. Don't keep it in the dark. Don't let shame cover you over. Bring it out into the light, articulate it, speak it out, preferably if, to someone even. If you're religious, speak it out to God. If, you, if you're not, speak it out to yourself or to a friend. Say it, and then it's out in the open. The shame's gone, bang, you can then deal with it. Because generally, we can then deal with anything. It's like, okay, I did that, I messed up. But you know what? I've said it now. I've said it, I've admitted it. Great, now I can move on. Uh, and you know, that's so true because 
one thing I've learned to do is uh, forgive myself. I mean, how important is that? To, where you have to, but say it verbally. I, it is really, you know, what I owe you messed up, and I forgive you. Uh, I forgive you. How important is it to forgive yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think I think forgiveness is a really important thing. I don't just say that as a as a, a religious teacher. Um, I say it because I think I think psychologically it's really helpful. We, we I think one of our big failings is we are so disappointed in ourselves that we don't forgive ourselves. We hold on to the unforgiveness and when you hold on to unforgiveness it's like you can't get free of it that's why forgiveness is so good if someone offends you it stays there you are offended by it until you forgive them and i know it sounds counterintuitive because it's like oh but if i forgive them i'm letting them off the hook but basically you're going to stay hurt by that offense until you let it go so whether it's someone else or whether it's yourself, there's an offense that's been committed. It will, it will get its claws into you and it will stay in you for as long as you let it. And the only way of, of releasing it is to go, I forgive. I forgive. And when you forgive yourself, which is, I think, one of the hardest things to do, actually, to forgive yourself because we've all messed up haven't we? we've all just caused such pain to ourselves or other people you forgive yourself and it's like okay i set you free and you can speak to yourself i set you free um i'm no longer going to hold that against myself then you can walk in freedom i i think uh yeah it's it's incredibly powerful but many of us have regrets that really wear us down then you're you know you said earlier you can't then go ahead and do the new thing because you're held down by this regret you can't do the thing that you want to do that will actually bring you a lot of joy and satisfaction you can't do it because you're held back in the past well that's just what a shame what a shame to do that so yeah i think forgiving yourself forgiving others um keys to being free to then pursue the dream that you've got in your heart and that's that again to me is another key to success is learning how to forgive yourself but learning how to forgive other people because you're so right when if, if you're just holding on to that bitterness it's eating away at you and it's stopping you from fulfilling your best and forgiving that person is actually freeing you mm, yeah. it doesn't change yeah. them but it does it helps you more I know, isn't that weird? Because I think we yeah. think that forgiveness is about helping the other person, yeah. but it's not. It's actually about freeing you. The yeah. other, me forgiving you, I, I wouldn't change you at all. It wouldn't. I mean, it might, it might do, but it really, if it would really change me. And I think we forget that. We think, oh, it's just too humiliating to forgive someone. Well, actually, um, they've got power over you until you forgive them. That offence will stick in you until you finally forgive them. When you forgive them, the offense no longer sticks. They've no longer got any power over you at all. You are free. And it's up to them to do whatever they want with the forgiveness. And this is the key to that that I learned, uh, Martin, is you don't have to forgive them to their face. You yeah, just forgive yeah. them yeah, in your yeah. own presence. You don't That's have right. to tell yeah. them you forgive them. Yeah. No. In fact, sometimes they don't even know they've offended you. 
No, that's you right. just take a something personally. You just have yeah. to make peace with yourself and say, you know what? I forgive you, Martin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you face to face, do I? I just need to do it in my that's own right. medium, in my own. Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the key words that I, that's very powerful is for me is the word faith. Your your faith. Mm. You know, I mean that that to me is everything. Yeah. That once you have faith, it's like it's going to mm. happen. There's no yeah. ifs, buts in between. How would yeah. you define that word? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a, a, a again, it's a line in the Bible. It's a really good one, actually. It says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen." And um, I like it. The substance means faith is the, the substance is what you stand on. It's the, it's the thing, the substanding. It's what I'm standing on. Faith is, the, is the, the rock of the thing that you're anticipating, that you're hoping for. It's like I've, I've got it. And I, I think faith is, there's something, it brings security. Um, so it's, it's like a, like a trapeze artist. If you're a trapeze artist, and there's another one, and you're going to swing towards them, the the faith is the substance of the. It's the it's the the rock that you're standing on, which is in, in this case, there's someone there who you utterly believe is going to catch you, and the hope you've got is you're going to make this leap, and you're going to get caught. Um, it's the absolute belief the conviction deep down that um, what you what you're hoping for is there and it is going to happen uh, and I think that's it's a, that it's the and then it goes on to say the evidence um, the conviction the evidence of what's not seen it's like how can you have evidence of what's not seen because evidence is seen it's the it's like the the little bit of you've got this little glimpse of something that you're believing for in the future. You've got a glimpse of an idea. You think, if I do this, I think that could happen. It's tiny, it might be tiny, but it's the tiny glimpse and it's the massive strength of, I really, I'm really believing this, of stuff that I've not yet seen it, I'm hoping for it. You bring that together, a kind of rock-like nature in your heart with this imaginative glimpse those two things together, I think, are faith. You need them both. You need to have a, a bit of imagination, glimpse of the future. You need to have a something rock-like underneath, and then you launch out. And and like I say, with a trapeze artist, you see them kind of leaping from one to the other, and they they're, they're caught. You have to leave one shore to gain the other. And you all have known this. You, you, I, I'm sure, Aya, you all have had glimpses of vision you think I, I've glimpsed it I can't even articulate it but I know it's there and it's like magic and it just it it just propels you forward but also you've got in your gut not just a kind of ethereal glimpse you've got a, like a gut-like feeling of you know what I can do this 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 can be done and I think you need to have both those things imagination and conviction together and that's what I that's how I would interpret that verse in the Bible of deep conviction and this 
magical imagination. Yeah. And it's, you know, and for me, I mean, uh, one of the things I say to people, especially speaking to Chris, and I said that passage where we said we're made in this image. And in my flat, if we're made in it, God doesn't make failures. It, it just, you know, you're made in this image. You just have to have that faith and that belief in yourself that whatever you do, so long as you do it with the right passion and you do the right ethics, it's going to work out for you. It's going to work yeah. out for you. Yeah. And if he made us in his image, he knows us. And I would say again, deep down for me, the deep down thing for me is God loves me. God loves every person. That's the deep down thing. He will catch me. He is there for me. He is with me. He wants the best for me. Um, he's cheering me on. I, I, that for me is, is my faith in God. I think he's, he really loves me. And he's really committed to me and he knows me and yeah he's he's created me and so and i think that what he wants for every human being is he wants to breathe he wants to breathe life into our spirits he wants us to be alive he wants to uh, us to be spiritually alive and um, have his spirit in us so therefore that means that any human being if they're Again, I'd say if they trust, if they've got faith in God, even like my friend Andy that I talked about right, the, right earlier, he's got faith in God, which means that he can even face death and he's going to be okay. Wow, well, there's nothing worse than death. Is there? I mean, that's like the worst thing. So anything less, anything less than that is we're going to be okay. That, that's like starting a new thing, a new project, launching a business, um, asking someone out, asking someone to marry you, all those kind of risky things. Wow. Well, if God's with me, what have I got to lose? I'll do it. I'll try it. So just being a little bit controversial here, what would you say to, obviously, to those who are believing God, to those who don't believe in God for whatever reason? Mm -hmm. what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, and that's, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, um, whether or not you believe in God, I think that God loves you. And it's not dependent on you, but you don't have to be religious. You don't have to tick all the boxes. It's not like, you you know, jump through a load of hoops and then God will do this for you. That's like a sort of karma thing. I'm not really, I'm not convinced by that. I'm, I'm convinced more by the, the love of God. And I would say to those who are not religious watching this, I don't want to force anyone to, to become religious, but I do think that God loves you. You know, uh, God's there for you if you, and um, He's He's full of grace, full of grace, and therefore, and He makes us in His image. So, live your life, and like you said, uh, I live your best life. Express yourself, uh, get the joy of expression, the joy of attempting new things, be creative. Um, dare uh, and all those things i think are how god's made us and he um there's one ancient church father back in you know like uh, 1500 years ago or whatever more than that said uh said his name was irenaeus and he said the glory of god is a human being fully alive um and a human being fully alive is a successful human being and what this church father was saying was basically that 
point that that's kind of like, well, that's the glory of God. So I would encourage you, whoever you are, religious or not, be fully alive. Fully alive. So with that saying, what what, what tips would you give quickly to uh, someone starting out in life, in business, to just about to get out there and brace themselves? What, what mm -hmm. tips would you give them? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. I think uh, I think of, uh, what we said earlier, we said we said humility. I'd say go with humility because if you're humble, you will succeed. I think so. So I uh, and what you said, you said I uh, get up in the morning and be humble. So that would be one of my tips. Another one would be um, take. I guess it's that imagination. Take some imaginative leaps. So um, I've, I've got a friend, he's a, he's a business consultant and he advises, you know, big corporations and uh, this sort of thing around the world globally. He's got a phrase, he, it's, he calls it game two. Game one is just doing everything according to the current rules. Game two is you Chuck out the rules and go, what if there's no rules? What if I could imagine something that's impossible or unimaginable? What about that? And I know it doesn't make sense to imagine something unimaginable, but I think it's, I'd say, be, if, you, if you're starting out, just starting out, be humble and be imaginative. So if you can't, if something you think, oh, it can't be done, stop there and go, okay, so it can't be done. So how could I do this thing that can't be done? That's imagination. How can I do the thing that can't be done? So think, it's like thinking differently, having a different perspective. Um, and if you're humble, like a, a child is humble, inevitably, you know, they're just intrinsically, they've, they've got nothing to offer, have they? They are the most imaginative. They're the ones that come up with the stuff. So maybe summing it all up, be childlike, be humble and imaginative and see where that takes you. Right. Thanks. Now, one of the things you, 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 you say about you is that you are passionate about bringing transformation to people, about expressing the beauty in culture. What, what, do, you mean, what do you mean by that? Just, if you don't yeah, mind, I, 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 like, I like to see, I like to see where we've talked about it earlier, where, you, where you're broken, where there's things that have gone wrong and those are holding you back. I love to see human beings freed from some of those shackles, whether they're, it's to do with stuff on the inside of us or even circumstantial things. I love to see people transformed so they're no longer bound by some of these things, but there's a freedom about their spirits where they go, okay, I'm at peace with myself, I'm at peace with other people. I, I can now get on with the job of living. I love that. I love to see places transformed. I've noticed there are, there are certain places that over years have got condemned. Um, anyone who lives there doesn't think much of them. It's like the places in this vicious cycle of never being able to break out. I'd love to see places become prosperous, um, not sit under a curse of, oh, that place has always been like that, but in health, in education, in business, um, socially, to sort of change and go from being condemned to being 
full of life. I like to see neighborhoods change. I like to see towns change. Curses lifting off. Um, new new life appearing. I love that and I'm I'm committed to bringing that. And yeah, I like to see beauty. I I I love the arts. I love creativity. I love color. Um I, I love expression. I I love it when there is there is color around. There is a kind of vividness to to someone or to what they're doing, a, a sort of joy. Uh, and so I want to bring joy. I want to sort of tap into where they're at the creativity of people and point out the beauty and go, did you see that? You know, and, and, you know sometimes you're driving along, aren't you? And then suddenly you realize there's a sunset or a sunrise as you're driving. You go, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And that feeling is like, oh, that's good. Or I've got this, I've got a puppy. He's a year old. He's been barking a little bit while we're doing this. Sometimes I watch him running along and I go, oh, that's amazing. There's a beauty in that. And when I when I see it, I go, oh, and it makes a big difference to me. So what I like to do is point out the beauty, the beauty of humanity or the beauty of people creating things or the beauty of success and someone having done something and it's like, wow, that worked. I like to point to it because then other people, they see it as well and they go, oh, love that. I could do that. Um, so I think that's probably a bit of my mission, actually, is to identify where the good stuff is, point it out, and, and let other people see it as well. Because usually that then leads to inspiration and then others going on and doing similar things or being inspired in new ways. Thank you for sharing that, you know, and I, I feel that's one of my legacies, one of my passion is to help people just unleash the, the power they have within themselves and just help them through that. And there's no better feeling than when you see somebody have a breakthrough and come through. I just think that's just, wow, yeah. Yeah. it's another hand moment. So you've, you, you, we've talked about quite a few things and coming near to the end. And what tips would you give to someone about how they balance their faith, their work, their family? Because that, that's kind of a, a, a balanced thing, actually. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, um, I'd say what, what, what faith does, it gives you guidelines. You can get guidelines from anywhere, but having, having sort of um, some kind of guidelines in your life is really helpful because then you can get the the balance, or you can you can work at you can negotiate your your inner life, your family life, your work life. If you've got some guidelines, I think it's it's therefore really good say in to communicate just in in family to say what kind of family do we want to be, what do we like doing, um, where do we want to put our energy, what's important to us. Once you've once you've agreed that, you can go okay. Now, in the context of that, therefore, this is what my work life is going to look like. This is what it's going to demand of me. This is what I'll bring back into family. Is that okay, everyone? You sort of negotiate. We've got some guidelines. This is what we love doing. This is what we like to give our time to. This is how we want to spend our money. Um, then what you do is you fit in your work into the agreed guidelines. I think you can do it with your, you know, with your personal life as well. I, this is my belief, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to live my life, this is the kind of person I want to be. Set up the tram lines, the guidelines, and then 
do your work accordingly. Fit in your work and your relationships accordingly. Same with work. What do I want to do? What am I about? How do I want to earn? What do I really enjoy doing? Articulate it. Get the, get the rails, get the guides. And then within the guides, do whatever you want. Actually do whatever you want. There's no other rules, but you just got some, we've got some guides, we've got some parameters. This is good, this is good. Anything within that, we'll try it. And if it works, it works. If it fails, it fails. It doesn't really matter because I'm working within my guidelines. So I'd say just um, decide what's important. Decide what's important to you. And then set that up and then play. Great, great. So, quick question. Is ambition good or bad? I think ambition is really helpful. It's good. good. Yeah, really helpful. It gives you a drive. It gets you, it gets you somewhere. You've got to have ambition. You know what's bad? Apathy and laziness <laughs> are bad. Because no one wins. No one wins out of that. Ambition obviously can take you in the wrong direction, but man, you need ambition for anything just to get out of bed. Yeah, that's true. Just to get out of bed, you do. <laughs> yeah, I've had some days where it's been an, it's been an ambition <laughs> to get up, get out. Okay. So, uh, what one or two tips for success? What would you say? Uh, tip for success is. Um, Know yourself, know what you're about, um, give your time to it, and thoroughly enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it. If you stop enjoying it, start asking some questions. Okay, and with, obviously with the season, it's Christmas is coming, and the new year, what message would you like to, to, to give? Um, make the most of the break. If you've got a break over Christmas, really enjoy it kick back relax enjoy what you're doing and i think then the other thing was um the christmas story is about revelation and inspiration it's about um you know god coming to earth god being coming in jesus uh, so go with i don't know, find some revelation uh open your eyes to something find some inspiration this christmas go with go with the original christmas story and see how you might also get your eyes open to something glorious and good uh, that is good for you and good for other people. Find some inspiration and then let it carry you somewhere this Christmas. And, 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 and don't get carried away with uh, buying Christmas presents and going into debt. No. Just so you can have, because that's, that's not what Christmas was all about. No, I mean, we've no. gone so far away from the mark, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We have. I think it's just, no, it's about this, let's get the joy. Let's get the joy back into Christmas, which is, often it's with people. If, you, if you've got any good, if you've got any friends, connect with friends, because that is actually a joy giver. Yeah. Great. So, Martin, as we close out, it's been fantastic uh, getting the insight from your perspective. This has been amazing. I've learned a lot myself so much today. Any last messages you'd like to send to our audience? Um, no, I just, I, just, uh, I just like you've got these two words, truth and success. And just to say, uh, if we're pursuing success, 
have that word truth provoking, niggling, guiding you all the way. Because um, another little phrase, bit of poetry from the Bible, is you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so just let, let truth guide you into success and into freedom. It's a fantastic, just behind you, Io, seeing those words, really, really helpful kind of branding into my imagination right now. There you go. So say that again. If you know the truth, the truth will If you know the truth, you, the truth will set you free. Will set you free. Absolutely. Fantastic. And that's what we're aiming to do here is to set people free, to get them away from all those beliefs that I've got to be this, I've got to be that, I've got to be like this person. And success is your definition of what it is. You can be successful right now where you are. You don't have to have a big house or a big car to be successful. You need to be successful on the inside out. I think that's that to me is the most important. Martin, thank you for being on the call. We really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you sometime. I'm planning to be in uh, in the UK for Christmas, so I shall definitely pop in and see you. Great, that'd be good. Yeah, I'll see you then. Thank you for having me, Aya. Yeah, thank you. So everyone, you've heard the truth about success uh, from Martin Young there, different perspectives, some fantastic nuggets. You know, these are, these are, these are uh, messages you don't listen to once. I think you need to go back and revisit them because there were so many nuggets in there. Our goal here, the truth about success, is to inspire you to take action, to believe in yourself, to understand nobody is better than you. You're as good as anybody. You might have some people ahead of you in a direction, but they're not better than you. And with that said, there's a goal setting uh, video I sent out with 10 steps. This is the time for you to step back, relax and reflect and set your goals for the next one, five, 10 years or more. Because when you become successful, you don't just become successful. You, you have this radiance about you that touches other people's lives, that gives them hope. You become a beacon, a beacon of life. And that's what I believe we were meant to be, to reach out and touch as many lives on our way through. So thank you for being on the call. We appreciate you. Have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. We look forward to seeing you in 2022 and taking this to the next level. Again, thank you. And remember, the truth will set you free.